0: Welcome to the Encounter Community Church podcast, where we take God's word and look at how we can utilize, practically apply it, and implement it into our lives. Well, hello and welcome to the Encounter Community Church podcast. My name is Ken Ballard, Jr. I am the pastor here at Encounter Community Church. And as I like to say at the beginning of every podcast, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being here. And hopefully you don't get tired of me saying that. (laughs) I hope you understand why I say it, is again, because I feel so honored for you to be here, I feel so privileged for you to be listening to this podcast. And again, I really do hope that it is a source of encouragement for you as you just live your daily life encouraging you to be able to maybe face some things in your life, encouraging you to begin to embrace a relationship with God, maybe to deepen that relationship with God, to maybe even hopefully maybe challenge some of our thought processes and some of our perspectives and to really get to a place where we are whole and healthy. I'm not sure about you, but I'm kind of tired of the COVID thing. I think it's important for us to be praying for our country in the midst of what's going on. And it's, it's just one of those elements where you have a choice when it comes to COVID. You can either laugh and power your way through it, or you can just allow it to steamroll you and get depressed and overwhelmed and stressed out. And when you look at the numbers right now, it it, it really is concerning. So I think we should continue to be praying for our nation as a whole. And and how are you doing? How are you doing with navigating COVID? How are you processing it? How are you doing with that? One of the traditions that we have as a family is every year, usually the weekend after Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, We love to put together our Christmas, we take out our our Christmas decorations, we go in the closet, or not in the closet, but we go in the garage, we pull all of our decorations out and we set them up. And typically, I mean, it's a lot of fun. This year we decided to do something different, and that is forego waiting until after Thanksgiving and just, let's put them up now, let's get it going now. And we brought it up to the kids like, hey, do you guys want to go ahead and pull out the Christmas decorations and decorate the house? And the kids were like, yeah. I mean, they were they were fully behind it. And I think one of the reasons why is because we just need moments of, this, of just joy, of just fun. So we we pulled everything out. We actually, what we did was on Saturday, we got together as a family and we cleaned up the garage. Yes. Yeah, we got our children involved in cleaning up the garage that was really tons of fun. And and I wish you could see me right now because you would see that I'm rolling my eyes. (laughs) No, but my kids were great. I mean, they did the best that they could in making the best of the situation and our garage actually looks pretty incredible right now. But it also made it very easy for Sunday. Sunday evening or or Sunday, I would say mid-afternoon, probably more like around three or so. We went in, we started pulling out the decorations and setting everything up and my wife and my mother-in-law, as well as three of my kids, they took care of the inside of the house, and my oldest son and I took care of the outside of the house, which was really interesting for me because usually the outside of the house used to be like my project. Like everyone would be inside, I would be outside, and I'd be playing my Christmas music, and it was a place for me to just be alone and just do my Christmas thing and be really excited and get into the heartbeat of the season but this season my, my son helped out a little bit last year but this is the first year where he was actually like actively involved in decorating the outside where it was just he and I together and, and it was it was really great bonding experience for the two of us and, and working together and it was I I just I just thoroughly enjoy being able to do that with him I mean he's He's 16 years old now. His voice is deeper than mine. He's taller than I am. I mean, it's just amazing to see how much he's growing. And in two more years, he'd be getting ready to go to college. And I'm going to stop right now because I'm getting depressed. (laughs) But it just really was. And then at the end, you know, the family we all got together. We went outside. We looked at the decorations. We walked inside. We looked at the decorations. And that festive spirit just really brought something to our family. It was just just a lot of fun for us to do together. You know, as we look at the challenges with COVID this year, one of the things that I've realized is Thanksgiving is not going to be the same as it has been traditionally. So I, I guess the question then becomes, how do we, how do we, be able to pull out the best of this holiday season and yet not allow it to rob us of the joy that we have? How how, how do we have that, that balance, I guess, perspective and being able to just move forward and, and get the best out of this holiday season? You know, I'm listening to some of the, the broadcasts and, of course, people are saying that we're not going to have the Thanksgiving that we've traditionally had. I mean, For my family, we would get together at my wife's cousin's house, and there would be 30, 40, 50 people there, all hanging out, having a good time, laughing together. And, of course, we know that that's not going to happen this year. It's not going to happen this year. And our family is not alone in that. And that's, that's a little bit, it is, it's, it's kind of hard to fathom, it's kind of hard to swallow because it's something that we all look forward to, it's something that my family looks forward to, it's just being able to go and see cousins you don't normally see because, you know, part of the family lives down in San Diego, so we only really see each other on Thanksgiving and on Christmas. And then we have the matriarch of the family and she's, you know, she's over 80 and so, I mean, we're just looking at the reality of how many Thanksgivings and Christmases do we have left, and we feel like COVID's kind of robbed us of another Thanksgiving that we could have had with with the matriarch of the matriarch of the family. And, and so that that I mean that, that is hard. I mean that really is difficult uh, in that way. And, and this got me thinking: like how how do we how do we work our way through COVID? and still be able to maintain our joy. And it inspired an idea for a series called Come to the Table. Because I don't know about you, but one of the things that we would do for Thanksgiving is we would all gather around the table and we would talk about the things that we're thankful for. And with the series, I thought, "Well, well, let's do a series called Come to the Table and really dig into gratitude and, and understand why gratitude is such a necessity for our lives. And what we're doing is, is this series is kind of an, of an arc. It's, 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 a, it's a building point, I guess I would say. And, and what we're gonna do is, is we looked at the very basics, like what, what is the very basic level of gratitude that we should develop in our lives? And then how can we grow and move to the point where we have the, the greatest depth of gratitude. So each week, what will happen as we talk about gratitude is, is we're relating it to spiritual maturity, to spiritual maturity. An example that we used on Sunday was that, uh, remember when Thanksgiving would happen and you would get together with your family and I don't know about you, but I, I grew up in the South and I, I think some families are like that in California as well, but I grew up in the South. And in the south when you came in the house and you got your Thanksgiving meal, you you didn't sit down at the main table. No, no, there was the kitty table. That's where you sat at, you know. And sometimes a kitty table might be this flimsy little cardboard box that they put over two 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 chairs to hold up to be your to be your table. <laughs> and it would be like the flimsiest thing. You start cutting your tape, you're cutting your turkey, and the entire table is shaking. <laughs> going back and forth, and people are like, stop shaking the table. And you're like, I'm not. I'm just trying to cut my, my, my turkey. I'm just trying to cut my turkey. But it, it was that way. And I remember like as a kid looking at the adult table, thinking, someday, someday, I'm going to be at the big table. <laughs> and the big table, I mean, it, it just looked sturdy and firm. And you were you were good to go when it came to that table. You, you just were. You just were. And so I always thought about it that way. And I thought, well, what a great picture for spiritual maturity. Is that if, if we start at the most basic level, and then we begin to look over at where, where do I want to be at when it comes to developing this gratitude in my life? this Thanksgiving in my life, this thankfulness in my life, wh- where do I want to, to be at? Because I, I will tell you that the depth of the gratitude that you have in your life, again, that is reflected on the level of spiritual maturity that you have in your life. And that will determine the level of your ability or the depth of your ability to be able to make it through this COVID thing because we have to be able to f- pull out reasons for us to be grateful and to not allow COVID to rob us of our joy. let not allow it. One of the things that I've seen that COVID has revealed, because here's the truth, I'm not a fan of challenges. I'm not a fan of hardship. I don't look at problems in my life and go, yes, <laughs> oh, it's a problem. Woohoo! Now, I know that the Bible says count it all joy or rejoice in your suffering. I know that the Bible says things like that. Because, again, the Bible begins to dig into the fact that suffering has a purpose, that it does something for us. And I think one of the things that suffering does is it begins to reveal the true depth of our makeup. What is it about us? See, you don't realize that you have a patience issue until you're in a situation where it's uncomfortable and you have to practice patience. You don't learn that you have an anger issue until you are in a situation where you're uncomfortable and it ticks you off. You don't learn that you have a finance issue until you're in a situation where all of a sudden, now, where am I going to come up with the money to be able to pay for this? It's not until we go through challenges that it really begins to reveal what we are really made up of and also what are the areas in our life that we can grow and that we can develop and that we can become better people. And COVID has revealed that. And one of the things I think COVID has revealed in America is this struggle With entitlement. I found this quote that I thought was really great. It's from Ezra Beta in a book called Beyond Happiness, The Zen Way to True Contentment. And here's what she says Perhaps the most basic belief underlying all of our feelings of entitlement, our if-onlys, and even our illusions, is the belief that life should please us, that life should be comfortable. All of our resistance to life is rooted. In wanting life to be pleasing, comfortable, and safe. When life doesn't give us what we want, the job isn't satisfying, the relationship isn't quite working, the body that ages and breaks down, we resist. Our resistance can manifest as anger or fear or self-pity or depression. Whatever forms it takes, it blocks our ability to experience true contentment. We see our discomfort as the problem, yet it's the belief that we can't be happy if we're uncomfortable that is much more of a problem than the discomfort itself wow wow and and I started thinking because in preparing for the message on Sunday and as well as preparing for the podcast I started thinking like what is it that creates this sense of entitlement and I think sometimes you know what it comes from it comes from the very messages that we receive as kids. I think it even starts there. And I think it starts out like, like, like we're trying to give our kids a healthy perspective in life. I, I think we're trying to give ourselves a healthy perspective on life and challenges and when they come. But if we're not taught the balance of it, then what can happen is it can build a sense of entitlement when you tell a kid, you know what, you can be anything that you want to be. Well, what we're doing is we're we're stepping into and we're helping our child to realize their potential. But the truth is, there is a limit. I can tell you now, I can't be whatever I want to be. And you might be grateful that I can't because if I went on The Voice, I would be off The Voice very quickly. (laughs) And if you don't know what The Voice is, it's a TV show on NBC where people go on and they sing. And what happens is you sing, the artists or the judges or the coaches are facing away from you. And as you sing, they decide if they want to try to recruit you to be on their team. I'm telling you, if I start singing, I'm not getting a chair to turn around. As much as you can tell me I could be anything that I want to be, the vocal limits of my singing ability will determine the answer to that question is really, I can't. (laughs) I can't. But now if we were to tell our, our kids, you can be anything that you are gifted to be, just that subtle change, now it becomes... Let me begin to find out how I am wired and gifted and pursue that rather than pursuing something that doesn't fit me. But when I pursue something that doesn't fit me, and I'm told that, it can build a sense of retirement. Or how about this, we, we say things like this, that relationship ends and we say, she didn't deserve you or he didn't deserve you. Now there may be some truth to that, right? There absolute might be. And what we're doing is we're trying to encourage, we're, we're trying to uplift, we're trying to, to, to build support into that person. But what can happen is if we don't begin to give a balance to that, then we get to this place where we say, well, he didn't deserve you. That's right, he didn't deserve me. As a matter of fact, there's not very many people that deserve me because I am all of that. And I, I've gotten that. I, I have seen people who have this sense of arrogance in regards to a relationship because all of their lives they've been told about this aspect of that you're the best, you're the prettiest, you're the smartest. And again, I, I get it. I, I know our parents. And I'm telling you, I say some of those messages to my own kids as well. So please don't get me wrong. I'm not judging parents. But what I'm saying is if we don't give our kids a balance to that, it can build A sense of entitlement. How about this one? You deserve to be happy. Again, at the most basic level, it seems like there's nothing wrong with that. But what happens is if I really buy into the fact that I deserve to be happy, then what happens when I hit a situation that challenges that? What happens when I'm at work and it gets dull as all get out? And no matter how much you love your job, there will be dull moments. I passionately love what it is that I do. I do, I I love being a pastor. I love investing in the lives of others. I love being a part of maybe changing our community. That really excites me. Balancing the checkbook, not so much. (laughs) Printing out reports for business meetings, not so much. There are those moments where it's not. There are also moments where no matter how much you love your job, you go through those moments where it is dull and it is challenging. It's not fun. But if I buy into the mentality that I deserve to be happy, then what happens is I jump from job to job to job to job as soon as things get difficult or as soon as things get hard. I run into that and I've seen people that do that and I get it again. I get why. So it's important for us to make sure that as we give certain messages that we balance them out because those messages can create a sense of entitlement. And so here's what we did on Sunday is we talked about that a little bit. I dug into a little bit more about entitlement in this and how entitlement can be created. I talked about that more here in the podcast. Because again, what I I try to do is I try not to regurgitate the message from Sunday in the podcast. I try to give you something a little bit different. That way, if you were at the message on Sunday, you could listen to the podcast. And I like to look at the idea of the podcast being a complete thought with, with the message. So with that in mind, on Sunday, we did talk about entitlement a little bit. And here's what we said. We said that the greatest antidote to entitlement is gratitude, is gratitude, is learning how to develop thankfulness, is just learning how to build that and develop that into our life. So the example that we gave on Sunday was the example of a guy named David. David was probably the greatest king in Israel's history, in ancient Israel history, He was the greatest king. And so he begins to step into his his role as this monarchy of, of Israel. And he gets this promise from God that's pretty amazing. And God says to him, I'm going to establish your dynasty for all eternity. And here's how God does that is because the great, 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 great. And I would have to say 14 greats. So I I won't make you go through all of that. But the great, great grandchild, 14 greats now, of David is Jesus Christ. And it is through Jesus that the throne of David is established for all eternity. But of course, David doesn't know how this is going to work out, but he just knows he's been given a promise by God. And he's just blown away by the promise. And one of the things that he says in the promise that I, and in response to it, is he says in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 18 and 19, then David went in and sat before the Lord and prayed, who am I, O sovereign Lord? And what is my family that you have brought me this far? And now o sovereign Lord, in addition to everything else, you speak of giving your servant a lasting dynasty. Do you deal with everyone this way? Oh, sovereign Lord. So at this point, what we see is that David is floored. He's, he's, he can't believe that God would bless him in this way as king, to establish his dynasty for all of eternity. I mean, that is beyond anything that David... For, first of all, David was just exo- so excited, like, God, you, you chose me to be king of this nation. How am I so fortunate to be able to do that? I, I'm, just, I'm just blown away by that. And now you're telling me, then not only will I be king of this nation, you're now saying that my my dynasty will last for all time. So we, we get an idea of gratitude in that way. See, what gratitude does is gratitude starts with, I'm just blown away by just the graciousness of life and what life offers to me. You know, I was looking at how to be able to overcome entitlement as I was looking at preparing for the podcast today. And here are some of the t- tools that I talked about in an article uh, that I found. I'm, give me one second, I'm looking up the title here. It's called Giving Up Entitlement. Ways to counter the cultural and personal beliefs that we deserve to have things go our way. And here are some of the things that they said in the article that I thought was really interesting is they gave a list of ways to be able to overcome it. And they talked about empathy. One being empathy is that you are able to feel what it is that others feel. And here's the thing, is you're able to rejoice in the success of others and celebrate the success of others. You also feel pain when others fail. See, from the entitled perspective, what the entitled person does is the entitled person looks at the success of others and says, and and there's jealousy, like why did they get the position? Why did they get the job? I worked twice as hard as them, rather than looking at being able to celebrate along with them. Now I want to make the, I mean I want to make this clear. Are there times where injustice happens? Yes. Are there times, for example, where women and people of color have been passed over for a position that they really deserved because they were just as, if not more, qualified than their coworker? That does and that has happened. It does, and it has happened. So I don't want to deny that. But I also think it's important for us to be able to look at the success of others and be able to say, hey, how awesome is that for you? The other thing that entitled people will do is entitled people will look at the failure of others, the setbacks of others, and think, hey, (laughs) I'm doing better than you are. So what they're saying with empathy is to kind of flip it where you're able to be successful, where you're able to enjoy the success of others and you're able to feel the pain of others. The other thing that they talk about in the article was let go of expectations. Let go of expectations. Let go of the expectation that everything's going to work out the way that you want it to. Because that's just not life. It's not. Sometimes you're going to study for that test and you're not going to pass. Sometimes you're going to be ready for that promotion and think you're ready and you're not going to get it. Sometimes you're gonna apply for that job and have this, all the skills and the ability and you go through the interview process and your resume is on point and, and you, you feel like you, and you don't get the job. Sometimes life doesn't always go your way. And it was saying let go of the expectation that that would happen. It was also saying things like be able to step aside is really interesting in the article. It says entitlement wears wears different disguises, but is always convincing us to put ourselves first, and to make sure that everyone else knows that we are special. And so the idea of stepping aside is being able to say, "Look, I want to honor you. I want to honor you. I, I want to be able to say, you know what? You deserve the credit for that. We worked on the project, and 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 yeah." Maybe I was the leader of that project, but let me tell you, the reason why that project was successful was because of so-and-so. So in being able to do that, what entitlement does is entitlement says, love me, love me, say that you love me, right? I know that that was terrible, but you understand what I'm getting, right? It, it's about me, 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 me. Give me credit, give me credit. And sometimes what entitlement will do is to take credit on behalf of the work of others. And so literally what, what this is saying is to be able to step aside and be able to recognize, give credit where credit is due. Give honor where honor is due. Now, I love all of those points. But you know what they all have in the basis for every single one of those points to be able to be successful is one simple thing. Gratitude is Gratitude. When life doesn't work out the way that I've wanted to, I can still be thankful for what it is that I have. I can still be thankful for the opportunity. I can still be thankful for the, the chance that I've been given. I can, still, I, can, I can look for reasons to be thankful. I can be thankful for the skills that I've developed and be ready for that. Even if I'm in a relationship that comes to an end, I can be thankful for the time that I've had with that person. I could be thankful for the opportunity to grow. And if the relationship ends because of my fault or my own failure, I could be thankful for the opportunity to be able to examine myself and grow and develop and to be able to know that if I'm in a relationship again in the future, then I can be able to be a better person or to be a better me. If the relationship ended because I, I, I had a bad pick My pickle meter was off, and I picked someone that I should not have been with. Then I can also be thankful for the lessons that that relationship taught me. Now, I'm not thankful for the pain. I'm not. And it may hurt brutally and bitterly. I'm not thankful for that. But what I am thankful for is the opportunity to learn. Why is it that I picked this person? And now, how would I do it differently? How would I pick differently? See, there's thankfulness. that and we can begin to go through the list of all the reasons why we think that we're entitled and we can begin to go against those by understanding gratitude and that was one of the things that I said Sunday is that gratitude is the antidote to entitlement it's the antidote to that and when I began to look at my life and I start to think man I'm so fortunate and let me tell you, I'm going to say, I, I did say this on Sunday, and I'm going to say this again because I think this is really important. If you're living in America, you're fortunate. And if you're listening to this podcast, you're fortunate. If you're driving in the car and listening to this podcast, you're fortunate. If you're listening to it on your on your phone, you're fortunate. We really are. If you're an educated person, you're fortunate. You really are. And, and here's the reason why. It's because many of us are fortunate simply by virtue of where we were born. Now, yeah, we may have worked hard. Yes, we may have developed the skills. Yeah, But because of the, the virtue by where we were born, we were given an opportunity that many people in this world will not get. So with that in mind, that's where gratitude really begins to come into place. Is where I began to just look at Man, just how fortunate my life really is. One of the things that I've seen COVID do is engaging the sense of entitlement. What it has also done is it robbed people of their joy. And the problem with entitlement is not only does it rob people of their joy, it also robs the people around them of their joy. So this mindset of entitlement is something that we have to make a commitment to do our best to be able to overcome. And I think that we can. I think that we can. I think that we can do it. But again, it just boils down to really being grateful. There's another thing that David says that's really powerful. And he says this in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 22 through 24. How great are you, O sovereign Lord? There's no one like you. We have never even heard of another God like you. What other nation on earth is like your people Israel? What other nation, O oh God, have you redeemed from slavery to be your own people? You made a great name for yourself when you redeemed your people from Egypt. You performed awesome miracles and drove out the nations and gods that stood in their way. You made Israel your very own people forever and you, O oh Lord, became their God. You know what he's really saying? Is God, you were the source. Them getting the promised land, you were the source. Them being, being able to overcome some of, the, some of the challenges they had to face. You were the source of that. Them being in a place that's plentiful. You were the source. You were the source of that. So that's part of the attitude that comes with being able to develop gratitude. And I hate that. I hate, I'm, I'm sorry. I tried to resist saying it, the attitude of gratitude. That just sounds so corny to me. but it just slipped right out. I've I've tried to avoid that the entire podcast and I was doing really well until that moment. So I apologize for taking you down the corny role of journey or the corny journey role or whatever it is that I'm trying to say, but you get what I'm getting. It's it's corny. The attitude of gratitude. Come on, Ken, (laughs) but you understand what I'm getting at is you begin to understand that. Look, every single thing that I have is a gift. It's a gift from God. And even though I worked at it with my hands, it's a gift from God because God gave me the hands. God gave me the intelligence. God gave me the opportunity. It's all a gift. It's all a gift. Which begs the question, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch this real quickly. What about those who don't have this opportunity? What has God given them? What has God given them? And that's a powerful question. I remember when I went on my first mission trip to Kenya, and I was working with this with this village, and every day the women in the village would make us dinner. Or they'd make us lunch. And they would be so joyous. They didn't have the stuff that I have. Matter of fact, they may not even have known where their next meal was gonna come from. They were taking food from their own mouths to feed us. And I tried to resist that. I tried to eat as little as I can. I offended one of the women by not eating enough. (laughs) I really did. And she grabbed my plate. I was trying to be conscientious and trying to be kind and realize that I'm eating her own food. So I'm trying to be kind and not eat so much. And she got so angry with me and she grabbed my plate and she put more on my plate than I would have even eaten. But then I had, now I felt obligated, I ate the whole thing (laughs) because I didn't want to offend her by now not eating the whole thing. But you know what she had? She had joy. And she was still grateful for the opportunity to be able to serve us food. She was also grateful for the opportunity to say, you know what? God has blessed me with my crop. He's blessed me with my crop. God has blessed me with my cattle. God has blessed me with that. So I'm so thankful for that. So I think sometimes it's easy for us to compare our stuff with the stuff of those who we think have lack, and we have this mentality that we're better off because God has given us more opportunities. Maybe. Maybe. But maybe there's something that they understand that we don't. Because I could tell you now, when I went to Kenya, I didn't see one iota of people who had a sense of entitlement. They knew that everything was a gift, that everything was a blessing. And that's the same thing that God desires for us to develop in our own lives. And I want to encourage you to develop in your life as well gratitude and so the most basic the most basic level of gratitude is simply this is those two famous words thank you thank you thank you God for my home thank you God for my family thank you God for my job and even when we're in a situation where we are unsure is to look and find reasons to be thankful, to be thankful is to really begin to dig into that. Because if we can overcome the sense of entitlement, it really will begin to change our society and change our community, maybe even the world. So here's what I want to encourage you to do, is I want to encourage you to just be real with yourself and just ask yourself, self? <laughs> do I struggle with entitlement? And I can tell you personally, being honest with you, I have. I have. I have struggled with entitlement, wanting things to go my way, wanting things to work out. I, I have struggled with it. So, I, I, you know, I, I get it. I get it. So there's no judgment here on that. But ask yourself that. The other thing I want to encourage you to do is to sit down with a pen and paper and begin to create your gratitude list. What is it that you're thankful for? Well, again, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. Again, I am so moved to have you here. It means so much. And I just pray that you will enjoy this series that we're going to be doing called Come to the Table. Next week, we're going to look at an even bigger depth of gratitude. How can we be thankful in the midst of our problems? How can we be thankful in the midst of our problems? So we're going to dig into that. How can we get to the grown-up table of gratitude? So please, again, join us. You can watch us on our live stream on Sunday, as well as we do have services in the parking lot of the church. You can feel free to come out for that. We do make it as COVID safe as possible. We want to make sure that we, we, we keep it safe, especially in the midst of this big problem that we have with COVID night right now and the numbers that we have right now. So, so we, we try to do the best that we can in that way. But if you're uncomfortable with that, please watch our live stream on Sunday as we make our services available online. You can watch those as well. And again, we have a few opportunities that we wanted to tell you about. One is our goal is we want to feed 50 families Thanksgiving meals. If you would love to be able to support a family with the Thanksgiving meal, go to our website. You can see what it is that we're collecting. Go to the events page. You can see what we're collecting. You can also go to our social media on Instagram as well as on YouTube. You can see what it is that we're collecting. And then uh, contact us at the church. Phone number is 310-323-2115. And then what you could do is donate food for that. The last day to donate food for that will be November 24th at 9 in the morning. We're also doing this thing called Samaritan's Purse Operation Christmas Child where we're sponsoring basically a a christmas gift for a kid somewhere in the world and this may be a kid that never received a christmas gift before if you're interested in being a part of that you can also reach out call the church you can pick up a box fill the box the only thing is we need it back by sunday because we have to drop it off on monday and then finally we're doing a thing called project angel tree where through project angel tree uh, it's connected with people that are incarcerated And so what people do is people volunteer to buy presents for the kids of those who are incarcerated. And then when the kids get their present, it has a note from their incarcerated mom and dad on it. Uh, And so it's just a way for them to know that their mom or dad loves them, cares for them, and is thinking of them. So if you'd like to to sponsor any of those, feel free to reach out to the church. Again, 310-323-2115, because we just are committed to doing the best that we can to bring as much joy during this holiday season. So again, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. And again, just a quick reminder, Encounters about three things. Love up. Let's love God with all that we have. Love out. Look for ways to be able to love your fellow man. What is one way you could be more loving this week than you were last week? And love in. Take care of yourself. Get some rest, especially with COVID going crazy pound the vitamin C, do whatever you need to do to make sure that you protect yourself. Well, take care. God bless you. And we'll see you once again next week. Thank you so much for joining us for the Encounter Community Church podcast. If you could do us a favor, whatever service it is that you're listening to this podcast on, please rate and review us. If there's anything that we can do better, please let us know. But by rating and review, it also make our podcast easier for others to be able to find. If you would like to support us at Encounter financially with what it is that we're doing to make a difference in our community, whether it's the mobile food bank, whether it's serving at North High School or making a difference, again, in our community, feel free to head over to our website, EncounterCommunity.Church. Click the link that says online giving. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. That way when we post new live streams or new vlogs, you'll be updated. As well as please head over to Facebook and like our page. That way, when we post new podcasts, again, new vlogs, new live streams, or have church events, you'll be updated and know what's going on here at Encounter. As we said before, thank you so much. We're so glad to have you with us, and we look forward to you being a part of the podcast next week.